0: Welcome to the Elevate Your People podcast, a place to be refreshed and energized by work again. I'm your host, Danielle Deets. Let's talk about how we can create an environment for your people and results to thrive. Welcome back and thank you for your patience in the delay. My husband and I welcomed a sweet little girl into the world. Her name is Waverly James and we have just been soaking up time with her together. I am so pumped to be back to these conversations though, especially kicking it back off with Summer Brennan. This episode stretches the normal boundaries we set on work and actually encompasses experiences outside of our jobs and how those experiences energize and motivate us in work. Summer Brennan is a young, excelling sales leader who understands the importance of experiences in shaping how she and her team show up best. Summer not only embodies this personally with her passions for fitness, life coaching, and travel, but also by the company she works for, Blueboard, which provides an exciting twist on employee recognition programs through awarding employees experiences instead of items. In this episode, we talk about the power of personal experiences and the energizing impacts they have on us at work, how opportunities at work also grow our abilities and enhance our personal lives, the importance of passions and hobbies, And the realization that we are all just figuring it out no matter what role or level in the organization enjoy this episode i hope it sparks you to spend some time this week on something you are passionate about and encourage the same for your team members welcome summer to the elevate your people podcast i am really excited for our conversation today quick background on summer she began her career in sales right out of college where she's progressed to a sales team member with blueboard Blueboard is an experiential rewards platform. It's designed to help innovate leaders and support employees thriving. And they do this through providing a series of experiences that can be gifted and selected um, for employee recognition. And it's proven to positively impact culture, customers and bottom line. So Summer is also a certified life coach and started her own life coach and consulting business in 2020. Needless to say, she's a multifaceted individual. However, you're much more than your professional background, so I'd love to learn a little background about what makes you, you.
1: That's interesting. I find that I try and dis- I describe myself with a lot of contradictions, like who I am outside of work, because I absolutely love, I at work I'm called the hippie crystal girl. So I'm the hippie crystal girl. If you- day come over to my desk and i'll give you some rose quartz but then i'm also like the first one in a corporate setting to be just like all right show me the numbers what like what does what the data say so i'm the corporate crystal girl i'm the beachy badass like i i definitely have like i think the part of me that's like very spiritual and very beachy and then also the part of me that really likes to um one of our company values that blueboard is get shit done gsd sorry if that's <laughs> to be edited out but i think that have uh, those sides to me too that's who I am outside of work and in work
0: well I love the balance of your paradoxes sounds like a very healthy blend for you and those around you now for your interest in fitness how did that start that's a really good question
1: I have to say actually probably through listening to podcasts is really where I first got exposed to that world. And then I grew up in Encinitas, California. So I'd say it's, uh, as my New York grandparents say, it's a crunchy granola kind of place. So once you realize-
0: Yeah, very California. Yep.
1: It's a Cali thing. So I grew up 10 minutes from the beach. I live a uh, walking distance from the beach now. And then just puts me in contact with a lot of people that practice yoga all the time and go for runs. So I think that I just met a lot of really cool people that- I loved the way they showed up in the world. And those were the kind of interests that they have. So I just gravitated towards them.
0: So cool how your surroundings sparked that in you. Like, I especially love how you appreciate how those people, quote, showed up uh, and connected a lot of that to how they practice fitness or yoga in their lives and that you adopted that yourself. Now for life coaching, how did that pique your interest?
1: Yeah, so I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you're drawing something, but you just don't know why. And you just like, I can't explain why I feel important. I think I got into coaching. So my first uh, my first corporate job where I was leading the team, I loved the coaching element of it. I loved when I would have one-on-ones with my team. I loved that connection and seeing how I could give two reps the same situation to give them the same person to reach out to, the same accounts, and they would do such different things with it. So I loved understanding how the mindset played into it. And so I'm like, Oh, like life coaching, it's all about mindset, it'll help me do my job better as a sales leader. And then what I didn't realize that a lot of it was actually looking at my own personal work and how I was showing up, it wasn't anything about coaching, it was just understanding what I was bringing to the table when I was coaching people. And the beautiful thing about the coaching program is you have to look at every part of your life. So I think that that I didn't realize how much I needed it in terms of I was struggling with an eating disorder undiagnosed at time. and that's really what helped me get through it and so I came to it wanting to be a better leader for my team what I got out of it is just like a deep understanding of who I am what I bring to the table that I hope makes me be a better leader today you can team if they actually think that but it's definitely helped me a lot
0: well so awesome how you sought out to help you with work but then it transcended so many other facets of your life and gave you new insights. I mean, that already embodies the purpose of this podcast, like how work can trigger new insights or experiences that make you a better you, you know, even outside of work. So who knows, likely you would have encountered this life coaching at some point down the road, but so cool that your job brought that about. Now on the other side of the coin is personal experiences and how those can trigger you to be better at work. Blueboard fuels employees' passions and innovation through unique rewarding experiences so how does that parallel to your life and how you show up better to work because of prioritizing and pursuing your own passions
1: yeah that's a really good question i guess i'll actually use an example of experience that i was doing while i was interviewing for this role at blueboard so uh i actually was interviewing for blueboard while i was scuba diving the great barrier reef off uh in australia and so i Found the company, and I had started the interview process before the trip, and I was like, "Wow, this is so awesome!" That I literally at Blue World, your hashtag Blueboarding, you are boarding when you're doing cool experiences, and so it was really interesting to see how that experience really brought me in touch with like not only swimming but also the ocean, and fueled my passion for sustainability and how that translates into work. Really, just being like during that interview process, it meant so much to me that. Everyone that I interviewed with wanted to hear about it. Wanted to talk about it. it. Just told me that this is a safe place for me to be myself. Like I think that's the biggest thing. It, it takes a lot of energy to compartmentalize or to hide. So I think that as far as how it feels, my life, I think it more just having that example of like getting to talk about scuba diving in an interview for a company that I wanted to work for. It was like, oh, I can drop all the energy that's going to like being my work self versus personal self. And I can put it all towards being. Hopefully, the best person for the company. So
0: it was really cool. Yeah, that's so cool how Bluebird valued your personal pursuits and how you felt like they energized you for work and your new potential role. Experience over items is an awesome twist on employee recognition programs because I know the company I worked for, I mean, they had an awesome recognition program or great platform. But if I recall correctly, over 90% of the redemptions were for cash gift cards. And honestly, I don't think I can tell you like one thing I spent my gift cards on. Okay. One time I did I did buy a treadmill. I was like very intentional about that. But besides that, I can't really recall like specific items. So I think the impact that experiences have is so much more.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I've seen this a lot with that. We work with a lot of the companies that we work with. It just sparks such like such interesting conversations like here on our team. Someone will get the reward to, let's say, like go on a fishing trip and then all of a sudden they start talking about it at the office. And then someone else is like, hey, I love fishing, too. Like, what if we did it together or have you ever been spearfishing can teach you that? And it just it sparks so much more loyalty to the company when people are connected in that way. It's just so cool.
0: Yes. And those experiences hold so much more power than the cash equivalent. I love how you noted it sparks conversation and ultimately more loyalty when an employee receives that experience in connection to work. And a big part of HR is just trying to engineer programs and management practices to do just that. So how cool that a rewards program could trigger it all, the positive energy, connection, loyalty. I mean, we work for salaries and money is always appreciated, but it adds a new dimension of value and appreciation when it's an experience, a new memory to be shared and those are the moments that matter. Like those are the ones that we're going to look back on and remember, tell stories about so much more than just an item we bought.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love that you touched on like moments that matter because in the HR space, like that's really what a huge part of the, their jobs is making sure that employees feel appreciated and recognized so they stay. So, I think as far as experiences over things, it was never really a tough sell for me. I was that kid that I would I a report to my parents about why I should not get Christmas presents I should just swim with dolphins I, I wanted them to take me we live close to the world and I wanted them to have me do an experience there with it so it definitely has always been a big draw for me but I think also as you get older and you know you get into the workforce and you realize like let's say you're sick one day I remember this happened to me one time in my first job I was sick and I had to drag myself out of bed just to go to work and then I realized that the amount of all of the money that I just earned would be put towards medication and things to make me feel better. <laughs> it just exemplifies how like money just ends up going back into that cycle where you just, it's just fueling your life. It's just a baseline. It doesn't make those moments that matter stand out. It just ends up being put towards medicine, towards groceries, towards bills. It's not, it's not truly impactful for those moments. So yeah, definitely a big experience is over things kind of girl.
0: And I love your point that money is a baseline, like, listen, we're not discrediting. We've got to earn a paycheck. But I think it's such a painful but valuable insight that when money is the end goal, like the ultimate goal, we may sacrifice things like our health or relationships, um, like spending time with friends or family in the evenings. And actually it's costing us more in the big picture. So I think that's such a healthy realization. And that's where I think a lot of people, a lot of leaders even make that mistake. We think more is the answer, you know, more time at work, more time on the project is going to make more impact. But there's a time and a place for an overhaul. Don't get me wrong. That's needed at times. But if we don't take the time big picture to unwind in the evenings or spend time with loved ones, you know, show up for the occasions that matter for them or Actually, disconnect some on the weekends and take vacations sporadically. Well, then we're shorting ourselves for the sake of what like some extra money or perceived value that we're doing more and have increased output at work. And this is, you know, a mindset shift, but what are simple ways that you expand the focus of your team members outside of work that really values experiences for them?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think there are some silly ways you can do it, like with icebreaker questions, just to like show, and I never underestimate the power of icebreaker questions, like for it to start off meetings and of different things, because it sets the tone and it just shows people that it is okay to be themselves. So, I mean, for example, with things like that, I always love to start a meeting with a question. One of the questions that I used the other week was, if you were going to live in another country that weren't the United States, where would it be? And then it usually brings up a lot of stories like travel or someone will say like, oh, well, like I love the food from this country. And then they'll start talking about how they just took a cooking class. And so I think a little icebreaker here and there goes a really long way just to get people thinking differently than before you started meeting it. It also doesn't hurt that we're in sales. So like our job is just to be able to learn how to ask those open-ended questions. So I view it like sales skill building too. I think the other things that we do at the company as well is, I mean, we do a lot of events together, like dodgeball teams, like 5Ks. We're doing a 5K together next weekend. And as a leader, like the thing that I do is I make sure I'm the first one to sign up and rally everyone to go. And I know that's also something that can't happen every day, but just more rallying people for the little things and turning it into an experience can be really powerful even if it's just something silly like going to get coffee all together that's that's an experience if you leave the office all together you walk across the street and you get a coffee you have different conversations at that coffee shop than you do in the office it just creates more space
0: that's such a valid point even a simple change in setting can open up new energy different connections different you know conversation topics and to your point, not that people can make every event outside of work, but taking advantage of the ones that you can go to is a great way to set the tone for your peers, mm-hmm. your team members, Hundred percent. just have fun outside of the office or work setting, you know, if you're virtual. So love that you have this approach, but did you create this on your own or was there a leader who modeled this well for you?
1: Yeah, I'll say the leader that, uh, that I work under. So, uh, his name is Tim Mann and he's the VP of sales here. And I think that from day one, since I started here, he does a really good job of setting the tone by sharing things about himself. Like he's from Buffalo. He'll be the first one to tell you about what his life was like there. Uh, how there's really nothing there besides a the tower. And just the fact that he leads with that sharing about himself. He's also a, he's also a runner. He, just like I am. And so I think it's from day one, the way that he just was so open. Sometimes I think that I, and maybe other people feel the same Is sometimes I'll lead by asking questions without actually sharing anything about myself. And especially when you're in a leadership position, that's tricky because whenever someone's volunteering information about themselves, they're in the vulnerable position. So you as a leader want to take the lead and say like, Hey, if I'm going to share something about myself, Maybe it's not super vulnerable. It doesn't have to be deep, but just sharing anything about yourself can help let everyone else know that it's okay to do the same. Because as soon as Tim that, as soon, as soon as he started telling me about running, then I would tell him about my workouts. I would tell him about how, all right, I'm doing running, but now I want to get into triathlon. And then all of a sudden he's loaning me his bike and we're like, we're having conversations about that. So I think him taking the lead and being vulnerable first is something that a lot of leaders can learn from and I, I strive to be
0: too. Love he owned his experiences, where he's from, you know, his passions, and then it sparks you to open up about yours. There's really a magnetic energy about authenticity. Like some people overanalyze how to best connect or inspire their team members. Absolutely. But it usually starts with being authentic to who you are and that draws people in and inspires them to share more about themselves and apply less of a corporate filter. And now we've talked a lot about how experiences and passions outside of work influence how you show up in work. But how about how work experiences enhance your skills and abilities that make you more impactful outside of work too? So in your current role or previous role, was there a time when a work experience really leveled up an ability in you that's helped you on the personal side too?
1: That's a very interesting question. Either this role or pre- I'll probably share. So thinking back, my previous role when I was full-time in a coach role, so I worked for another company where I was a coach and also a business consultant. And one of the experiences that I got to do that was I got to lead an in-person mastermind for 10 small business owners. And so going on that experience was really interesting because I had assumed that the CEO of the company that I worked for would be really leading the event, the planning of the mastermind, the preparation and everything. And it became very clear the week of the event that that wasn't the case. And I kind of had to, I basically had to pull together like a full mastermind event for 10 people in less than a week. And so the process of just learning how to step up and take ownership and then put together an event very quickly and hold space for people who I thought had a lot more experience than I did. They did have a lot more experience than I did. It, w- it really how I show up because it showed me that I, yes, preparation is important, but just showing up, I have a lot more to offer than I previously thought. So that experience of going there and being with them showed me that.
0: And that's such a great example of how even executives are just figuring it out themselves. I mean, not only did it prove to you that you're capable of even more than you thought, the key part is just showing up and making it work. But also it showed you that no leader is perfect and has it together all the time. And I think that's such a healthy realization that levels the playing field. No matter the position, title within the company, they're just figuring it out themselves too.
1: Yeah. I think what, when you start to realize that everyone's figuring it out too, and it's all our best guess, it's really helpful.
0: Yes. Once we stop putting people on a pedestal, it helps us connect with them more. We're less intimidated by them. more more likely to approach them or empathize with them. It grows our leadership ability, too, because it helps us gain new perspective.
1: I know. I, I thought about this so often about why we do that. Like, why? how does it benefit us to put p- other people on a pedestal? And I think it's because on some level, we're hoping that we'll get there someday. We'll get to that same place that we perceive them to be at, where it's just like everything's figured out. The plan that we wrote down on paper is what's going to happen exactly to a T.
0: Right. But each phase we achieve... It's important to try to have the humility and the confidence that we're just going to continue to be learning. It's much easier for us to see this in our personal experiences, whether it's as a parent, a friend, a partner or with a hobby, that we're always evolving and figuring out as we go. And I mean, in work, we can use great resources like podcasts, mentors, books, but ultimately there's no set roadmap. And that's why I think it's important to have that perspective outside of work. And I think it helps us see humans in a more approachable light, you know, not always with titles, rankings, years of experience, but just as a human being trying to navigate life themselves. I mean, these leaders also have families or passions as well, and they're just figuring things out the same way we are.
1: Yeah. And even to build on that about just the importance of experiences outside of work. I also think that's why it's so important to at least network with other people outside of the way that you're a company. Like, for example, we always say it's important to get outside of the blueboard bubble or the blueboard box and have experiences with people from other companies or just people outside in the world, because it can really challenge your way of thinking in terms of, okay, well, my company always does it like this, and that's the way that it's always been done. But if you go out in the world and you just talk to people and have those experiences, it gives you so many more ideas about new ways to approach challenges. I think uh, the value of a network and even Podcasts like this just shows you that there's so many different ways to do things. So I think that experiences play a big part in problem solving too, which is really underrated.
0: Yes, and that is an empowering realization that you don't just have to double down at work to get better. You actually are more effective if you lift your head up and have other experiences and passions or like you said, you know, network that can help you get through stuff or problem solve. I love that you noted the problem solving because I read in a book by Adam Grant called The Originals, I'm pretty sure this is what it was from, um, how a large percentage of the Nobel Peace Prize winners had at least one, if not multiple other passions or hobbies, like outside of their focus area, and that they had won their Nobel Peace Prize in. So how cool is that? Like You would think that, no, they'd have to only solely be focused on that one area to be that level of excellence. But we actually don't need to hyper fixate on one area at work to excel. I think it's cool. It shows us that actually more success is experienced because of outside passions. For example, and I'm going to recall this at like a fraction of accuracy, but there was an astronomer that made an incredible discovery about, I think it was like patterns in space. But he also had a passion for music and he was able to connect or have this insight Because he was well aware of patterns in music and notes, and he noticed something in the stars that was very similar, and he made that connection. And that was actually how he ended up making this amazing discovery and winning a Nobel Peace Prize was because of his musical passion, that that knowledge and experience provided fresh perspective within astronomy. So... I think it's cool because instead of hobbies or interests outside of work, like taking away from work, we feel like, oh no, I'm, you know, spending less time on work. I could be doing more work. Well, they actually compound our effectiveness, and to your point, can help us better problem solve.
1: That is so beautiful, and it is also so funny that you mentioned that because I think that's one of the really big parallels between coaching and leadership, and I think a lot of leaders can pro- have probably used this strategy already about using analogies to help explain things for your team. And if you notice, at least for myself, I speak to my sales team with analogies all the time. And it's usually from athletics or running, because that's what I'm really passionate about, as well as like health and fitness. And I just had one today come up where a situation at work, basically, we had a situation where we were not giving people enough resources. And we kept saying we the numbers say we should be giving them enough. This should be enough to hold them over with these resources. And the analogy that I use there, I'm like, well, that's like saying an athlete should be able to survive off of 2000 calories a day. Like we're not taking into account all of the exercise that they're doing. They need more snacks, they need more things. And that's the kind of stuff that helps you get through to people and helps them understand. And I wouldn't be able to pull on that if I didn't have this passion and all these experiences in health and fitness and running. And so I think that's a very good, a lot of really successful people have these hobbies because then you start to see the similarities and maybe you haven't unlocked one problem in one area. Maybe you haven't figured it out at work, but you figured it out in athletics, in music, and then you can pull it in. 100%.
0: 100%. Sometimes we overlook how simple a solution is um, or tweak at work, but it's so obvious to us in our personal lives, like in athletics or sports. And like you mentioned, it creates an opportunity for a metaphor that's just so much easier for others to digest. It sparks insight that improves the business opportunity because of your knowledge outside of work. And simplicity is so key at work because it's easy to complicate things, especially when we're not really sure about the solution. And it sounds like you do a great job of disarming a problem and guiding with simplicity in the solution, especially through metaphors from things outside of work. You know, stuff that people can understand simply and connect with.
1: I hope so. My main job is to make things simple because truly, I think I'm a very, very simple person. And so, the more simple I can make it for everyone, uh, that's I as when I was younger, I think I used to really admire the people that would be able to work forever on really complicated things and. I would just kind of nod along and be like, they must be really smart. I didn't understand any of that. And now if someone tells me something and I understand it right away, I'm like, wow, they're really smart. They simplified that so
0: well. Yes. It's actually a sign of intelligence and strong leadership. If you can ensure people understand and, you know, are able to take, uh, you know, that simple concept away with them, if someone makes something to be too complex, well, I think they're usually overinflating, you know, their importance or the complexity of the issue. Hundred percent. And simplicity is actually one of the most powerful tools to connect with and lead your team. Now we've had a ton of insights shared already, but while we have our time together, I want to make sure we highlight a piece of advice from each guest. And so, if the podcast listeners were a mentee or a client of yours, you were coaching, what is one piece of advice you'd give them? This is always
1: one of those questions that you feel like you should have a pre-set answer to. I'd say that maybe this speaks to where I'm at now is that I say that the way you do one thing is the way that you do. And so as far as how you can use that for work, I guess I'll use an example for myself is eating. I eat very quickly and sometimes I rush and I'm like sitting on my laptop. You know, I always tell myself I should just sit down and have a really intentional lunch, but then I'm rushing and I don't always digest well. I end up with stains all over my shirt. And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I, there's no way that that effect of me spilling things, not digesting well, not actually digesting, eating, no way that that's isolated just to the way that is the way that I am going about leading my team. That is the way that I'm having conversations. I'll go through it and I may not actually be proud. and so I think that sometimes the biggest cue for learning for me is just to watch the way that I'm being in every way of my life and it'll usually help me show better for my, for myself.
0: Wow, talk about simplicity. I mean, what a powerful but simple lens to look at your life and highlight your biggest opportunity area. I'm already having major insights on my life and how to tune in my opportunity professionally because it does permeate the areas that I want to improve personally too. So such a cool challenge for listeners to think about in such a good way to summarize our conversation today. You know, our personal and professional lives are much more interconnected than we sometimes give them credit for. And we need to embrace the experiences work allows for us to grow our skills, but also prioritize the time to enjoy experiences and hobbies outside of work. Not feeling guilt if we're spending time away from work, but instead confidence and excitement, knowing that somehow this will tie back in and make us and our teams more impactful.
1: Yeah, I think I'm glad that that that's the takeaway because I know that even me working for an experienced company, what we do, it can still sometimes be really hard to actually practice it when there are deadlines, people on you. And so I think this was also a very timely reminder for me. So um, thank you for that. This has been a really lovely conversation and hopefully, hopefully it helps you as much as it helped me.
0: I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for your time. Already wanting to reflect on my life and hone in on the area I can, I can improve, which will spur a lot more over into like personal facets. But thank you so much for your time and perspective summer. If listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them? LinkedIn?
1: Yeah. LinkedIn is probably the best spot. So, uh, summer Brennan S O M M E R Brennan and blue board blue, like the color board, like a bulletin board.
0: Awesome. Thank you again for your time. It was such a treat. Awesome. Thank you for spending your time with me and desiring to elevate your people. I hope this conversation energized you to take ownership in your work experience. Let's raise the expectation and create conditions for our people to thrive because when we enjoy our work, the business results and our lives show it. If you have any guests you'd love to hear from or dive into a certain topic, please message me on LinkedIn. Another great way to influence the world of work is to share this podcast with others. Until next time, continue to elevate your life and elevate your people.